Hello there, my name is Danny Yeoman, wild bird expert for Pets Corner and developer of Peter and Paul Bird Foods. Welcome to the next of a number of podcasts detailing some of the amazing birds that we see and feed in our garden. Every week we'll be looking at a different bird, and this week we'll be looking at the Brad Pitt of the bird world, the sensational jackdaw. If you like your birds big, handsome, arrogant and cool, then the jackdaw is for you. They're so cool they should be wearing sunglasses. They even nest in our chimneys, if you give them half the chance, and if you rather he didn't, cover it with a cow. And jackdaws are reported in about a quarter of our gardens. Jackdaws are traditionally farmland birds, but they also love gardens, where they can find food, lots of creepy crawlies, fruit, and of course Peter and Paul bird food, where they are rather partial to my mealworm mix. The bond between male and female jackdaws is strong, and he is also a great dad, keeping an eye on the youngsters while mum gets a break. It's easy to confuse the jackdaw with his crow cousins, but look closely and you'll see that they're a lot smaller than a crow, have a grey rather than black head and stunning blue eyes, quite the blood pit of the bird world. In ancient Greek folklore, a jackdaw can be caught with a dish of oil, a narcissistic creature, it falls in while looking at his own reflection. An ancient Greek and Roman adage runs, the swans will sing when the jackdaws are silent meaning that educated or wise people will speak only after the foolish have become quiet. The mythical princess Arne Sithonis was bribed with gold by King Midas of Crete and was punished by the gods for her greed by being transformed into an equally avaricious jackdaw who still seek out shiny things. In some cultures a jackdaw on the roof is said to predict a new arrival. Alternatively, a jackdaw settling on the roof of a house or flying down a chimney is an omen of death, and coming across one is considered a bad omen. A jackdaw standing on the veins of a cathedral tower is said to foretell rain. The 12th century historian William of Malesbury records the story of a woman who upon hearing a jackdaw chattering more loudly than usual, grew pale and became fearful of suffering a dreadful calamity, and that, while yet speaking, the messenger of her misfortunes arrived. Czech superstition formerly held that if jackdaws are seen quarrelling, war will follow, and that jackdaws will not build a nest at Sazavar after being banished by St. Procopius. As you can imagine, I'm not a massive fan of these folklores and superstition. I much prefer the following. The jackdaw was considered sacred in Welsh folklore as it nested in church steeples, 19th century belief in the fens held that seeing a jackdaw on its way to a wedding was a good omen for a bride. Also, people born within the town walls of Conway in North Wales are nicknamed jackdaws after the jackdaws that live on the walls there. The jackdaw is featured in the Ukrainian town of Halsins, ancient coat of arms, the town's name allegedly being derived from the East Slavic word for the bird. The jackdaw is one of the most widespread garden birds. They're a familiar figure to most people, even those that know little about birds. Adult jackdaws appear to have a totally dark plumage from a distance, but on closer inspection you can see that it's dark grey in colour with a lighter grey nape and sides of the neck. The beak is short and slender, the eyes are a unique pale blue, and it walks with a quick jaunty step 
all of which allow this bird to be distinguished from the carrion and hooded crow or the rook. Young birds, however, are more uniform in appearance and show less contrast between the black and the grey. The silvery white iris is something that develops as uh, individual ages. Young birds have a bluish coloured eyes. These first turn dull brown, then slowly become a dull white before a year or more of age where they turn silvery white. And compared with other crows, its flight is more hurried, similar to a pigeon. A noisy bird in flight and also at rest, jackdaws regularly call a clear, crisp crack in exhilaration, such as when they're doing aerial workouts. Calls frequently run with each other to produce a kind of laughing cack 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 sound. The jackdaw can also be trained to speak, and whilst it can copy the human voice well, it's usually limited just a few word or phrases. The basic unit of jackdaw society is the pair, and most individuals establish a lifelong pair bond. Young birds probably pair during their first autumn, even though they do not breed for the first time until their second year of life. You should watch a flock of jackdaws in the sky above your garden during early spring, and you'll soon spot the established pairs, the two birds flying close to one another and apart from other pairs. Occasionally you might see a female, typically an older, unpaired bird, following an established pair. She may succeed in breaking the pair apart, replacing the original female, although this appears to be relatively uncommon. Divorce does occur for other reasons, but it's costly to individuals concerned, often with an associated loss of status and or nest site. Widowed or divorced males attempt to retain their nest site, but are likely to be attacked by their neighbours. If they can hold on to a site, they may be courted by one or more unpaired females. The two members of the pair share responsibilities, with both involved in defence of the nest, its construction and care of the resulting young. The birds tend to remain close to their breeding colony throughout the winter months and will visit their nest sites on a regular basis. The pair bond is reinforced through social behaviour, such as allopreening, where the bird preens one another, often around the neck and head. 
The jackdaw is a cavity nesting species. Although there are cases of birds constructing open nests within thick vegetation, like a tall conifer hedge. The jackdaw is a cavity nesting species. Although there are cases of birds constructing open nests within thick vegetation, like tall conifer hedges. A wide variety of cavities are used, from chimneys, holes in cliff faces, through to nest boxes and even attics. The bird will then construct a nest to fit the available space, using sticks to make up the foundation and finish with a lined nest cup, some 12 to 16 centimetres in diameter. Where the nest is in a tree cavity, only a few dozen sticks may be needed, but a large place, such as a chimney, may require a good many more. I once saw a nest that was 8 feet across at the base and nearly 3 feet high. Although the female may lay up to 9 eggs, incubation usually begins from the second or third egg. Many bird species don't start until the clutch is complete, or virtually complete, and so the eggs hatch asynchronously, the resulting young differ in size and strength. Since it is the chick which holds its head highest that tends to receive the food, in times of food shortage it's the youngest and weakest chicks that starve, giving the older chicks a better chance of survival. During the first few days after hatching, the male provides food for both the chicks and his mate, leaving her to look after the young. She may leave the nest to preen and exercise briefly, at which stage the male will remain in her place, so these off-nest bouts tend to happen just after the male has made a feeding visit. Older chicks are left unattended, allowing both parents to find food, the returning adults uttering a short tuck call as it enters the nest cavity. Jackdaws, like all corvids, crows, rooks and magpies, are blamed en masse for small bird losses. Yet changes in land use and habitat destruction are the real culprits. Indeed, its diet confirms this. Forensic scrutiny by Walter Collinge, described in his book The Food of Some British Wild Birds of 1913, divided jackdaw's crop contents into 42% insect, 29.5% animal matter and 28.5% vegetable matter. Insect and animal constitutes spanned earthworms, wood lice, spiders, mice, frogs, snails, slugs, eggs and young of birds. Vegetable matter included cereals, potatoes, cherries, berries, walnuts and poultry and game feed. All of this identifies the jackdaw as a useful ally in pest control and only occasional opportunist feeder of other species. The greatest use of garden feeding stations matches the period when the food demands of the growing young are at their peak and adults do appear to be under some pressure to source enough food for their hungry brood. Some of the use of garden feeding station goes undetected, not least because jackdaws often arrive to feed very early in the morning, soon after dawn and before most of the other customers are up. Wander through a town or city centre just after dawn and you may well see them scavenging food waste or raiding litter bins. While other members of the crow family are often regarded as vermin, I suspect that our attitude towards jackdaws are somewhat more affectionate. This may be because the species lives alongside many of us, or because it has a social structure centred around lifelong pair bonds. 
Of course, it could be the resourceful nature of the jackdaw and the sense of strong personality, evident when these delightful birds put in an appearance at a bird table. If you'd like to help this enigmatic bird, then you should try a little Peter and Paul mealworm mix. Now, Peter and Paul mealworm mix can be fed all year round. For insect-eating birds like wrens, starlings, and of course jackdaws, it's brilliant. But this mix comes into its own at a certain time of the year, the breeding season. From early spring to midsummer, when birds are on the nest, or when they have just left the nest, they require protein-rich food. And as mealworm mix is bursting with dried mealworms, sunflower hearts, pinhead oatmeal, and finely chopped peanut granules, that's just what it provides. This mix is ideal for table or ground feeding, and if you're worried about the baby birds in your garden, or someone that regularly puts out a single straight food in your garden, say peanuts, try a bag of mealworm mix during the next breeding season. You'll see more birds in your garden, and you can be proud that your efforts have probably just helped dozens of baby birds. And we all want to give youngsters the very, very best start in life, don't we? Like all Peter and Paul seed mixes, mealworm mix has added Nutravio, a natural seed coating which is not only a fantastic energy source, but also inhibits bacterial growth, so can help prevent birds from picking up common bugs, like Salmonella and E. coli. It has also been created to provide your garden birds with a more complete style of meal, and that distinction could be the difference between your birds just surviving in your garden and thriving. So that's what you feed if you'd like to help them. But on the other hand, I receive a lot of emails from people who consider jackdaws to be a bit of a nuisance. And during the spring and early summer months, these emails increase. This is because jackdaws typically nest in or close to human habitation. Remember those chimney pots are a real favourite for a nest site. This means they're looking for local food, and easy local food if they can get it, and garden bird feeders therefore become a prime target. Once the young are fully fledged and no longer reliant on their parents for food, jackdaws tend to disperse and feed in flocks in fields and other open areas. Now the solution to the problem, a cage feeder, like the Pets Corner Great and Small Extra Tough Squirrel Proof Feeder, and I'd recommend the seed one, Peter and Paul goes in that. Jackdaws don't like feeding from a feeder, and they are naturally ground feeders, so putting a cage around the feeder will completely solve the problem. Once the cage feeder is in place, not only will jackdaws not be able to get to the food, but they soon learn that they can't, and will largely stop coming to your garden. However, before you consider entirely deterring jackdaws, here's a final thought. Jackdaws, in moderation, can be very entertaining and interesting to watch. So along with taking the measures I've outlined, putting a handful of seed on the ground just once or twice a day will ensure that you can still enjoy them from time to time. And remember that jackdaws need food in just the same way that robins and blue tits do, but they won't be hugging all the feeders all day and scaring off the smaller birds. As you may have probably worked out, if you have them visiting your garden, jackdaws are fairly sedentary in their habits. Perhaps only moving a few kilometres come winter when they join carrion crows and rooks in mixed corvid roosts. This is not what happens in other parts of their range. In Eastern Europe, for example, jackdaws are migratory, with birds making significant movements ahead of winter and returning again in spring. 
Some birds from southern Scandinavia may even winter in Britain and Ireland, but we know very little about the extent of this behaviour because so few jackdaws are caught during the winter months. As far as conservation goes, jackdaws are thriving and this is largely a result of improved breeding performance and the jackdaws diverse diet. Now whether you live in the town or country, you can help look after garden birds by providing a wildlife friendly garden that includes having water and the very very best food available, foods like Peter and Paul. For more information regarding Peter and Paul wild bird foods, please check out the Peter and Paul website at www.peter-and-paul.com or pop into one of their wonderful Pets Corner stores and the nearest store to you can be found at the Pets Corner website at www.petscorner.co.uk Well that's it from me. I hope you've enjoyed this look at jackdaws. For further birds please continue to check out the stream and I look forward to speaking to you soon.